The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we are back this time to talk about Save the Last One, Season episode 2, Episode 3. Glory. Yeah. Um, before we do that, we want to do a little bit of news. And I gotta say, that the theme song, I still love it every time. Me too. It's really cool. Um, we usually link this in the show notes if you're looking for the entire song, which is like roughly four minutes long. Uh my brother's band called My Stereana actually wrote that for us, and you can find it in our show notes. So look there. Did you find it in our donuts? Our, our show notes? All right. In the eight, man. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so before we get started tonight with the recap, let's talk a little bit about the response to our last episode. We, we've gotten a backlash, backlash, man. <laughs> we do. Apparently we can't nail the tone on this thing. The first time we were too negative... They come back and they say the second one, we were too positive. Well, here's the deal. What do you want? We, well, here, I don't give a shit what they want. I'm just spitting <laughs> my genuine opinion. Good point. Very good point. Now, the thing is, I was very... I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The first episode was a fucking mess. It, it was, was a the, rotten egg. The guts of two episodes that AMC execs themselves said, this ain't mm-hmm. cutting it. They butchered it and smashed it together. Yeah. Had two really turds. weird pacing. Don't and make a, a golden egg. Right. So it's like, I will stand behind my opinion of the first episode. And sure. the other thing is, I was disappointed in that the writers were just all over the map with the characters and their motivations. Mm-hmm. I still am a little bit upset about that, but I have to, at one, some point, let bygones be bygones. It's like... Sure, sure. The Breaking Bad fans wouldn't appreciate it if I brought up the damn airline crash that almost made me stop watching the show every episode. Yeah. I mean, that's, that w- that's it in my be- mind, a mistake the writers made, but sure. now I'm going to start judging them moving forward. So, yes, they've kind of zigzagged on some of this stuff and gotten things muddy, but I But we've now- made our point. We made our point in the first episode. Yeah. We're not going to keep harping on the things that have happened in the past if the present episodes are good. And if they do it again, then mm-hmm. I will call their bullshit on there. Absolutely. But, like, I kind of liked a lot of the things that they started in, in the ep- second episode, and they kind of continue in the third episode. We'll see. Absolutely. And, again, if you want to see, like, me savaging The Walking Dead, every Friday I post <laughs> my survival review. Where or I Monday just, morning. Or, <laughs> yeah, I had a, a, a lapse this week. But yeah. I post that, and it's getting... Pretty good review, uh, pretty good reception and feedback. So yeah, people you, seem to like that. If, if you want to see me just completely talk about how brain dead and idiotic the survivors are, and critique every stupid decision they make, then uh, you know tune in around noon on Fridays at baldmove.com. Definitely. Should we get to recap? Let's do it right now. So the episode opens up with Shane shaving his head. Um, and I, well, that's AMC shorthand for evil, right? It is. It, you, it typically is. I mean, everybody in Breaking Bad has a bald head, uh, and everybody is evil. Yeah, try to think of a counterexample. Name one good bald-headed guy. On AMC? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Even going into Mad Men. No, well, know? there are no bald-headed guys in Mad Men. That's right? what I'm saying. So you're not going to find a good one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that seems to be code for this guy's going bad. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have much to say about that scene. It's just him shaving his head. Whatever. I shaved my head last year. What's that say? Uh, you've gone bad, but it's starting to grow back. So bald head is the new goatee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so the next scene, Shane, uh, there's this story about Shane stealing the principal's car mm-hmm. uh, that Rick is telling Lori. Is it just me, or I did not get this story at all? And when I went back and I watched it again and I listened to what he was saying, it just makes Shane seem like a huge asshole. He basically went and stole the principal's car, rode it into a chicken coop, and put seed all over the back seats. Right. So the chickens would come in and do their thing. And he was talking about how it was the principal's prized car. This guy's an asshole. That's that's vandalism. That's not an entertaining story. That's funny because we had, one of our listeners, Hannah, said that was her favorite scene this season. What? Because it it uh, she thought it drove home the contrast between Shane, who's in a more lighthearted time, versus what he's become in a broke down world. That to me is not lighthearted because because Rick really built up like the principal's car. It was everything to him. He waxed it. He washed it by hand all all the time. It was sparkling. It was his his most prized possession. And then Shane just destroys it. Yeah, I mean, I got to say that. Because I rewatched the first three episodes this last weekend, uh-huh. and doing that, I kind of got this appreciation that the writers have maybe not in the world's greatest way, but they've put this that Shane deep down has kind of a selfish, me first, asshole hmm. core to him. Uh-huh. That you know, in in good times, he can kind of hide and and you know be a good guy and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Rick is almost the opposite. Where he's got um, a more, you know, vulnerable, you know, closed off. That kind of sounds like a, I feel a like contradiction. He's... But he's got a he's got more of a mushy core that you're going to strip away and find, you know, this inner badass or this this inner fire. You know, it's like kind of a contrast. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, I definitely think you're right about Shane. There's there's that inner core to him which we're starting to see much more now. Because even when he was talking about his girlfriend or maybe his fiance, about mm. like he was just being a he was being an asshole. Sure, you know, it's like yeah. a lot of you know some common guy complaints, but I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway, I just I didn't like that story, so sorry to our listener. Uh, next scene is Daryl and Andrew going to look for Sophia. Um, I still don't know how to say her name. <laughs> Sophia. I don't... Sophia. Uh, I care about her about as much as the writers do. Or as much as Carol. <laughs> I don't care about Carol at all. No. And it, so we've got Carol in the car, and they're driving Norman Reedus insane. Carol's in there. Uh, Daryl's trying to sleep. Carol's crying her eyes out, and Andrea is fiddling with the clip for the gun, practicing her technique, uh, keeping Daryl up. Daryl can't sleep, so he decides he's going to leave, which I think is a good idea. You got the woman weeping in the corner. You got to get out of there. See, I would have said I was going to go look for the little girl, and then walked about three cars up, lock, and you know, one that's like not as corpsey as the mm-hmm. others, and then like locked myself inside and gone to sleep. <laughs> Recline. That's a good idea. Find an old Buick. You know, it's got like sure, a but... king size bed back seat. Yeah, you get the uh, what do they call them? Bench seats, right? There you go. Oh. <laughs> that would have been cool. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that scene? No. Okay, let's move on then. Shane and Otis escape from the gym. Uh, this was a little weird to me. How did Otis get up onto those bleachers? As, That's as, what I'm wondering. As close as the zombies were. Mm-hmm. And also, does it... Okay, I don't know. I, I, I have no <laughs> okay. idea. Uh, although, it looked like that there was just a a staircase leading up to them. Like, once you... Because Otis didn't, like, jump down from the bleachers. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he jumped. And he got caught mm. by the zombie, and then Shane jumped off the other side. Maybe Shane boosted him up. That's where he hatched his idea to kill the guy. <laughs> yeah. That's badass. Man, yeah, I don't know how he got up there, but whatever, he made it up. Um, what do you, 
Are you a little annoyed by the show's uneven depiction of how fast the zombies can move? Uh, not particularly. I think... I think they were a shade fast in this episode. Maybe slightly. And, and they seem to vary. Like, the, the herd as a group seemed to vary their speeds. Like, when they had the dramatic thing at the end where Otis fell down, or Shane shot Otis and he fell down and he was trying to get the bag, they were very slow there. Because wow. they weren't that far behind them, but they weren't gaining on them that fast. Whereas this, they were literally sprinting away from these zombies, and the zombies were basically keeping up. Yeah, I feel like a man, even a man like Otis, and a full <laughs> dead run should be about twice as fast as the fastest zombie. Yeah, that, that seems about right to me. Especially since when we read, um, you know, back in when we called the zombie drill in the first season, we read, like, a writer's Bible, and they said mm-hmm. something like that, that the fastest they can manage was kind of like a shambling fast walk. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you've got to think, okay, Shane and Otis are kind of doing a shambling fast walk as well. Not Because not Otis is just fat and Shane breaks his leg or well, whatever. Sure. Or hurts his ankle. I don't know. I don't have a real problem with it. Honestly. So, okay. You know what I do have a problem with, though, is I have a problem with Shane constantly punching zombies in the face. That is such a bad idea. Why? Because he's going to get his freaking hand bit. All right, but if you have nothing better... (laughs) Kick him in the face. Although he's got a shotgun in his hand. wouldn't? I guess you just put the butt of that gun into their head instead of punching them. You should, yeah. Hmm. All right. Because <laughs> you don't punch a zombie, especially near the mouth. I'll have to keep that in mind for the survival review. <laughs> Bad idea. You're right, because if you just scuff your knuckles on yeah. their tooth, infection. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, once they escape from the gym, we go back to uh, Glenn and T-Dog, who are arriving at the farmhouse. And uh, Carl's in serious trouble. Yes. Carl's, uh, like, bleeding into his stomach, and it looks horrendous. Like, when they take that sheet off of him... Oh, that looked bad. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in serious pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come in and they awkwardly, like, say, hey, how's it going? We're here. And I was wondering why, I guess they were just so focused on Carl, but Rick and Lori didn't seem to question that only Glenn and T-Dog were there. Like, where are Dale and Daryl and Andrea and Carol? You know, one thing I didn't get clear, I guess that was the very first time they'd showed up. Yeah. Because the way she said, like, did you remember to shut the, shut the gate? And he said, hey, nice to see you. Oh, the reason he said nice to see you again was because... She wrote in on the horse. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I just answered my own question. So that was the first time they showed up. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah. I didn't think of anything because I assumed that was, like, the second time they'd been back. Okay. So. No, but I guess they were too focused on Carl, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. Um, in the next scene, we get Daryl waxing nostalgic about his childhood. <laughs> Very sarcastic there. Because this is a horrible story. Um, it's horrible, but also does a lot to soften him. Uh, well, I was going to say, I thought it was an incredible scene, um, and they they did a lot with very little here. Uh-huh. This is the kind of writing that I'm used to with like Breaking Bad and stuff. This was right. very, very good. Yeah, very shot, short, concise, entertaining story that tells uh-huh. a lot about the character and fills in a lot about how he acts. Exactly, and it, it even tells us why he's so good at survival, because he had a... He wasn't going to be left in the woods again by himself, so he yeah. learned all this stuff. And then it connects him and Andrea. It's giving Andrea a reason to continue living, because she now has this connection with someone in the group, which she didn't have before. They did a lot with this, and I really liked it. You know, they, they got the phrase that you have to, um, what a man does uh, is more telling than what a man says. Hmm. I think with Daryl, he's the less, I said in my review, less Pollyanna. But what, is, more what does that mean? Like, 
you know, these other characters are prone to make speeches about how you have to do this and how we're there for you and we care and all that kind of crap. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes time to take action, they leave something to be desired. Daryl, I have to say, is the most unselfish of all the characters because, like, every other character except for maybe T-Dog has a connection to the group at large. You know, they're Mm -hmm. his family or they were former friends or whatever. You know, Daryl has no reason to care about any of these dumb asses sure yeah yeah he's putting his neck out again and again and again for them and he would be probably more capable of surviving on his own i think if he was a nine-year-old boy and he got lost for two (laughs) weeks Uh in the woods yeah i would think that you know and he wouldn't have all these people making dumb decisions every time he turns around they got back and fixed himself a sandwich (laughs) the the story was so good Uh so good uh, so the only thing made it better is if he smacked his mom at some point. <laughs> sure. Slap my mama and fix myself a sandwich. Yeah, um, and it tells the backstory of Merle and uh, his brother, I think. I thought, he or, or, or his his father rather, because yeah. uh, Merle was in juvie and his father didn't even notice he was gone. Right, that's how little he cared. Right. Wow. Uh, next scene, we get Lori telling Rick that she wants Carl to die. Essentially, she's like, uh, he's got no reason to live. Look at all this shit going on. Uh, which is hard to, you know, that's, that's, that's a hard argument to refute. I see her point, Uh but I still think she's insane for just wanting to give up. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that the writers brought up the fact that she is the one just three episodes ago that begged the CDC guy to not make that decision for them Mm -hmm. because I was about to be like, now wait just a fuck. (laughs) And then Rick threw that back in her face. I'm like, Oh, thank God. And she had a legitimate reason for changing her mind. I think Carl. Yes. This experience. Yeah. And and with Jackie, she turned around and her friend was gone, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So I, I, I like the scene overall. Um, I just don't agree with her viewpoint. Um, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I, I, I actually read something unrelated about um, a thread, I think it was on Reddit, about is suicide inherently a selfish act? And someone posted, is like, what you don't understand is, like, sometimes, like, the pain of living can be too much to where suicide... Like, for example, you said, like, you, the people trapped in the buildings on 9-11. Mm-hmm. If your choice is burning to death or jumping out a window and having a relatively quick, painless death. I mean, no one in, under normal circumstances would jump out a window. The fact that they did mm-hmm. tells you that the alternative was even more horrific. I kind of, in this scenario, it almost seems like death is inevitable. And it's probably, the death is going to be pretty gruesome. So maybe <laughs> sure. choosing a relatively painless, peaceful death is not that bad a deal. The only thing yeah. that says no is the fact that this family is pretty successfully living an idyllic life in the middle of the apocalypse. Sure, yeah. I, w- I would think that would help to change her mind a little bit. And maybe it contributes, but uh, we'll talk about the real reason she what changes kind of her mind later. What kind of keeps out a zombie? Like what, a, a normal cattle fins, bob wire fins? That would do a pretty good job of keeping out your average zombie, wouldn't it? Uh, as long as it's one or two. If it's a whole horde or no, a whole herd in pushing in on them. where you've got like 500 acres, say, and you got yeah. the completely fenced in bob wire fence, there's no yeah. reason the zombie would push against it or try to get through it. So, yeah, I think it wouldn't take much of a fence as long as they don't know you're in there. Right, and there's not a sufficient number of them. Yeah. Hmm. Um... So the next scene we get uh, is Shane uh, basically giving up, but then he's saved by Otis. Like, when I when he backed up to that fence and there were zombies everywhere, he pulled up his shotgun, but I think he was giving up at that point. I think he was like, 
man, I'm I'm ready to, to end this. Um, I think it's more accurate to say that he. I don't think he was ready to end it, but he he was kind of resolved that this I don't have enough bullets to hold off all these guys. This will be the end. It's going to be the end. Yeah. So. Although when I'm surprised it wasn't the end because just like when he shot Carl. Otis comes waltzing <laughs> up and blows away a zombie with Shane immediately in the crossfire. Right. I noticed that, too. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. And with a shotgun, nonetheless, which spreads. It would have been funny. I th- Actually, it was even worse. That was a rifle he was shooting him with. Oh, was it? Yeah. The whole reason that you're, it's illegal to shoot, like, at least in Indiana. Uh-huh. It's illegal to hunt deer with a fucking rifle. It's so you don't pen- you know, penetrate beyond what you're shooting at and kill uh, somebody. And kill a small child or right. the best friend of a sheriff. So this guy's using a rifle, and yeah, that's, that's what he does. Ridiculous. Uh, It'd be funny if Shane's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, and then Otis has yeah, got to carry him. Another tube. So <laughs> uh, maybe Otis had a little, you know, he, he was uh, thinking thinking about the future. Oh he yeah, got that gleam yeah. In his eye, you know, he's like, uh, maybe I'll just leave him here. Mm-hmm. So next scene is Carl having a seizure, which to me was super effective. What do you oh, think yeah. of that that scene? Um. It's very nice job acting by the creepy young man. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I had a question about how medically accurate it is because if mm. his insides were as fucked up and the blood's mm-hmm. like you'd think that seizure would just rupture things. Yeah, it um, wouldn't feel that good. Kind of controllable, but um, boy, it was it was frightening. Yeah, very, and I I thought it was very effective the the way they had him thrashing around like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, fact, yeah, I also thought it's like you know that's the other thing is when a kid's in pain and you can't do anything about it. Um, that is also, I thought that was kind of a, a good aspect too. Yeah, definitely. Not and, good, but well, affecting. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but there's also, like, okay, so we saw what Rick went through to get Carl here and, like, all the trouble he's been through with, like, giving blood transfusions over and over again. And he, in this scene, he's like, the doctor warns him, hey, you could go into cardiac arrest or coma. Uh, and he's he, like, no, take more. He's the You're wasting time. He's the proverbial turnip that they're trying to get blood from. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and so he gives it again. And this has got to be even tougher for him. Laurie is not doing him any favors by telling him, hey, we should let Carl die here. Because now he's the only one in this room, basically, who's pulling for Carl. His his own wife isn't even pulling for their son. Um... Is it not that she's not pulling for him, or she's just saying, if he dies, this is it for me, too? I took it to where she didn't want oh, Carl no. to die. No, my, I think it very strongly conveyed that she wanted him to die, or she was hoping that he would die here, or so exact, he wouldn't have to continue fighting. Well, okay, sure. I, but I don't think she wanted to not to try to save him. And my, when she said, yeah. if he dies, this is it for me, I think she was basically saying, I couldn't go on without, you know, Carl. And, and if he dies, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Hmm. I think you might be mistaken what she said. Because she said, um, if he dies tonight, it's over for him. Oh. Basically, the, the, the horror show so that, yeah, okay. is over for okay. him. Okay, you so, might be right. It, that's what I got I'm from I'm sure you're right, and there's listeners being, you know. Well, I am like, the smart one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just let to, uh, the, I'm the idiot, Aaron. <laughs> Jim is the smart one, just in case you're keeping score. Uh, next scene is a very short one uh, with Dale, quote-unquote, keeping watch again. What is with this man? I don't know. Hey, can we? Okay, so I think I did Idiot Survivor 
of the week in the first episode. I'm going to do it again and give it to Dale because he, he still has not learned the concept of watching, of looking out mm-hmm. to see if there are zombies coming. Mm-hmm. He, at some point in this episode, I think it might be here, I don't know, but he takes the gun and he just goes off looking for Sophia or for Andrea or whatever well, th- and leaves Carol up on the roof by herself. With no binoculars or nothing. No weapons, nothing. Yeah, I don't get him. He's really running neck and neck with Carol for most annoying character at this point. Uh-huh. Um, he's a know-it-all. He's a meddler. I mean, here's the deal. Okay, so Andrea's probably the most badass girl of the group. Sure. She sure, certainly should be, anyway. Uh, there's not a whole lot of strong females in the running, but whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, Daryl's unquestionably the most badass member of the group and yeah. the best at woodscraft. So he's going to go and wander along the highway to try to look for them? That made... I don't even understand why they did it. Why did they waste the screen time on this bullshit? That's a a valid question. Because it goes nowhere. It doesn't go anywhere. He didn't get jumped. He didn't get in trouble. He didn't find them. He just kind of mosey... The next scene, he's just kind of back. Do you think maybe part of it was to have Dale give her back the gun? Like, to make him realize she's going to be out there without a weapon. So I need to give her this gun back and make an apology. Oh, yeah, he does. The episode. next day. When, when they get back. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Why, why did he do... Uh, why did he wander... Oh, because he actually was worried that I put her in danger and he felt guilty. Because so he, he didn't give her a weapon. So now when she comes back, he gives her one. I don't think we needed to see it. Okay. Um, I guess we'll move on to the next scene then. Daryl and Andrea uh, find the hanging zombie, who apparently... Very, like, the makeup and the effects job they do in this series is fantastic. Greg Nicotero is a genius Mm -hmm. when it comes to that stuff. Uh, And that was legitimately creepy. That guy just hanging there. With his legs not off. Yeah, like, dangling and reaching down for their survivors, trying to get to them. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Creepy Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But Daryl is just, like, totally fascinated by it. Whereas Andrea can barely contain her lunch, you know? Right. But then I also thought they got a little too close to the fucking zombie. Like, they yeah. got to where it's inches of his swinging legs. Like, what if the rope broke and he came yeah. down on you gnawing? Yeah, yeah. Like, like these For people, sure. it's like, uh, I, I'm afraid of heights. So when I go to things like the Grand Canyon, I don't play a game of how close do I can get to the crumbling ledge so I fall the fuck over. Yeah. I get like, okay, let's say I trip and fall. I want a whole body length away from the ledge. Uh-huh. I can see the bottom just fine. I'm six foot tall. I'm staying six <laughs> foot tall from the ledge. These uh-huh. that's little, you know, especially and she got right up there and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to like spit in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous business. And I can see why Daryl called this a waste of an arrow because yes. the arrow is reusable. I think if they had been able to like stab it in the face or something with a knife, that would have been a good thing because you, well, the last thing you want is 20 years from now, when they've contained all the zombies, you've got this one guy hanging in the woods, the rope gives out, and he crawls his way into Atlanta or something, and starts, and it, starts all it all over again. Um, yeah, I, I think they need to kill every zombie they see if they can. Really? Yeah. See, I, I, I disagree. I think if the zombies are doing nothing and can literally not harm them, then there's no sense in wasting the like you the said, arrow. the rope could break, man. So? But you're right. They shouldn't have wasted the arrow. Right. And Daryl knew that, and Daryl made a promise. He kept his word. I guess. Yeah. And now, did you think she actually answered the question? Because I do. I do, too. She yeah. says, she, basically, she says, I'm not going to try to kill myself. I'm not sure if it's mm-hmm. because 
I'm supposed to live or because it's just a, it's a habit now, but... She gives that, the what answer, not the why answer. Yes. But. Yeah. But it's like him saying that does, didn't really answer it. I thought that was a kind of shallow reading of her answer. Yeah. Which maybe Daryl's a little shallow there. I don't know. Um, the next scene, back to the half-assed lookout gang. Uh, <laughs> Dale takes off, leaves Carol without a weapon. That's this one. Uh-huh. Uh, and he tells her to yell out if she sees a zombie. Right. Just start screaming. That's a good idea. Why don't draw them all <laughs> to her location? Sure, yeah, that's a great idea. So, I mean, let's da- get, let's Dale's get this a clear. He's going to go out there to look for them, and so far, the man, the extent of this man's people-saving skills is mm. to threaten to join them in a suicide pact, and thereby <laughs> guilt them from killing themselves. Yeah. That's the only way we've seen him save a person's life. And possibly by repairing the RV all season. Except for half the time he's apparently fake repairing because <laughs> he decides true. that the group needs to stay here. So and fuck what an decision. asshole, man. Right. What an asshole. Uh, although, I gotta say, if Carol does die, well, they can call off the search for Sophia. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a positive thing. Uh-huh. Maybe Daryl's trying to help the rest of the group mm-hmm. by getting Carol killed. Uh, so then they were back at the farmhouse and they're fixing T-Dog. Uh, and I really like the irony here of Merle's drug saving T-Dog's life. I like that. I, I don't know if it's irony. The writers really liked it, too, because they made sure we did not miss it. They, yeah, they said it. They didn't just hint at it. They flat out said it. Yeah. I Merle got, saved your life. I got the writer's knuckles in my face from them beating, <laughs> me and beating that into me. Yeah, but it was, it was a pretty cool point. Um, so not much else happens in that scene, and then... Uh, Glenn and the farmer's daughter are talking religion. This is a pretty heavy conversation. This is like, this girl has unanswered prayers, and that's why she doesn't believe in God. And Glenn's out there praying for his first time. It's like walking in on somebody's first time getting laid. It's rough. But speaking of, uh, Glenn seems like he's got his sights locked on Maggie right here. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely connecting them, especially later on when they're like pointing at the pictures and right. he's comforting but I, her. I noticed like I thought he was attracted to her from the get go and she kind of like reciprocated almost immediately too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, there's definitely some some flirty talk going on here at the Right. Mixed in with the God stuff. Although I thought he it's a definite misstep when he got basically told her, Hey uh less talking and watching and more getting me that refill <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean she should she needed to respect his privacy there, I think. And she knew she it. You need to take your shoes off, let me get you pregnant, and get to that kitchen and get me the <laughs> oh, refill. God. I think that's what he said. I'm <laughs> yeah. paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah. Was now, that was actually a quote. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. Um, and the farmer's daughter also says, you gotta make it okay somehow, no Maggie. matter what happens. Oh yeah, Maggie. That's her name. Okay, I'll try to remember that. So I just called her the hot-ass vex daughter all throughout my life. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't I saw that. Either. Uh, so I kind of like that sentiment, you know? I mean, there's going to be some bad stuff happening later in this series. So you, you got to find a way to make it okay somehow. If that means praying to God, if that means... Killing a fat... Ki- yeah. Self-sacrificing friend. If that means leaving a defenseless woman on top of an RV. If it means <laughs> shaving your head. Yeah. And, and borking your buddy's wife, then you got to <laughs> do what you got to do to make it okay. Next scene, Dale's walking through the card graveyard like an idiot. Um, but here's the thing I like about this, is they show him walking through the card graveyard, and you're thinking, this guy's going to get eaten, or at least attacked, right? And then they don't. I, I like that they don't consistently attack survivors who do dumb things. Yeah, because I was just thinking, 
when I was rewatching the series uh, that there's not a lot of genuine scares in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I can only think of basically three, maybe three scenes where I've felt tense or afraid. Uh, the fir- in the first pilot episode, when Rick was walking down that dark staircase with the uh, the match light that kept on going oh, dead. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. I'm like, oh, God, he's going to get jumped. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, when... Carl was trying to get that cache or the cache of survival weapons from the corpse that should have been a zombie. Oh, yeah. And I kept, on, th- I kept on waiting for it to grab him, wait for it to grab uh-huh. him. And then when they were all kind of huddled underneath the vehicles, there's not a lot of genuine terror. Most of it is almost like action movie scares. Like, yeah. zombie jumps, you got to kill it. There's there's not a lot of tension and dread that builds up. That's true. Um, Although I, I guess... think the other one that I really felt was... The scene where all the zombies are walking by the cars and they're—that's what I said in the premiere when they're hiding underneath the cars. Oh, I, th- I thought you. Were now that talking I think about of it, I also thought it was creepy when um, the guy's son, uh, when their their mom kept trying, the zombie mom kept trying to get into their get into the house, door, yeah. And Rick was looking at her, and she was looking at him, and turning. That was really creepy too. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but there's so for a zombie show, there's not a lot of big scares. And a lot of dread and tension. I feel like the the zombie genre fits into horror in a way that they can do a lot with it, but you can't constantly do all of it, you know? Maybe. You're going to have episodes where it's very, very tense. You're going to have episodes where there's a lot of action. You're going to have episodes mm-hmm. where there's not, and there's just drama. Okay. But I, I think they're trying to do so much with this show that we can't get it every time. Um, more scary. More scary? Yes. Next scene, Rick gives Laurie a reason to keep living, which is Carl seeing the deer. What did you think about that uh, the, reason? It's a great scene that Lincoln's accent, man. <laughs> I saw the deer. I mean, like, I can't even sufficiently butcher it. Uh, sure. <laughs> he saw the deer. It's the weird mix of British and yes. twang. It just yes. doesn't work. Which is weird because... American South is basically just a really corrupted Cockney slang, isn't it? I mean, we Maybe. came from these people. Sure, yeah. You think he could just drink? Yeah. He could just like take a couple shots of Jaeger and <laughs> do a flawless redneck accent. And you would think so, but he's having a hard time with it. A very tough time, yeah. And I've said this from episode one. I was like, man, this guy's accent is not good. And I thought it was because I knew he was British, but I don't know. I think it's just he's not doing a great job with it. But I like his point. I agree with his point. I consider myself an optimist, and I find that unless a person is clinically depressed or gravely injured or in very poor health, mm-hmm. most people remember the good times over the bad. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if you have to go through pain and whatnot, it's usually worth it because uh, you can always come back from something, a setback in life. And yeah. have a bad experience and overcome. But death is it's it. Unless you believe, mm-hmm. you know, afterlife, whatever. But uh, if you die, you ain't living no more, and there's no way to come back from it. Yeah. Or unless it's as a zombie. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I really liked his point that, you know, um, hey, you know, Carl didn't remember, you know, didn't wake up screaming about a zombie on him or anything like that. He remembered the deer. Um, yeah. Um, good scene, me, good good writing, too. Yeah, very good. It was, it was powerful. Um, let me drop a little bit of knowledge on you. Lori is actually supposed to be from the South. Her oh, accent really? is non-existent. It's not that it's bad; it's just not there. Really? Yeah, she doesn't. Well, sometimes she does, but I, I didn't remember. I didn't notice it not being the scene because I, I probably failed to notice the absence of an accent. Mm-hmm. I, I more notice it when it's really bad. 
Yeah. So she just pulled a full Costner. <laughs> she's just like, like nah, I'm not going to do it this scene. Halfway through the series, she's like, no, <laughs> done. Uh, next scene, Shane and Otis are counting their bullets. And Shane's down to five, Otis is down to four. Or, no, Shane has six. Because uh, he got one in the tube or one in the pipe, whatever he says. Whatever, Dirty Harry. I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, Otis has four. I was thinking, instead of turning around and shooting the herd, why don't they save their bullets for when they might need them? Because shooting the herd does nothing. Uh, the only thing I can think is if you hit the lead zombie and it causes the others to kind of stumble over them. Maybe, that, but man. That's not a horrible strategy. But yeah, they were... They were far enough away from the herd that Shane and Otis could wrestle around on the ground for 30 seconds and uh, the zombies not get to them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I... I uh, are we going to talk about the twist yet? No, we're going to wait till the end of the... We'll okay. wait till the end where they actually twist us. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move on to the next scene. I have some problems with it. No. Uh, so, in the next scene, Lori changes her mind and she chooses to operate on Carl... But Shane and Otis arrive in the nick of time so that they don't have to perform the super risky operation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you. I think you might differ in opinion here. I don't know about Reddit. I don't know about the internets. But I thought Shane was really good in this scene. What, really? Yeah. See, because I think Shane does good smug. And he does good, <laughs> like, angry, determined. But mm-hmm. he doesn't do good guilty, conflicted, or sad. I think he did all three there. He looks looks like he's having some sort of, I don't know, uh, epileptic pre-seizure. Like he's just kind of twitchy and uh, and gaping. I don't know. I didn't like the portrayal. A sympathy seizure for Carl? Weren't we mocking it as we watched it? Uh, You might have been. I don't think I joined in on that because I liked it. I I felt like it worked. It was showing how he wasn't going to tell the survivors what he did. But he regretted it, and he was sad, and he was trying to make up a story at the same time. See, I thought I thought just, he came across as guilty. I did not see that he was remorseful at all. Uh, see, I did. So maybe that's where we're... Okay. I don't know, but I liked it. Uh, and this was this was definitely a rough trip for him, you know? I mean, he, he gets yeah. there, and at one point I thought, like I said, that he gave up, and he was like, he I'm probably going to die here. That thing looked uh, like a son of a bitch, I'll tell you what. <laughs> sure, just sure. Just personal experience. But there were a lot of things that went wrong for him, you know? Yeah. And then he had to kill poor Otis. Uh, Fate worse than death for Otis, you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I felt for him in this scene. Anyway, next scene, Daryl and Andrea return to the RV. And this is where uh, Dale apologizes to Andrea and gives her her gun. And I gotta say, I am not on board. I think Andrea's bitch face uh-huh. deal she's got going on in Dale is total horse shit like I've gone on at length before. Sure. But again, since the writers are going with it, they're stuck with it now, I thought that was a pretty, you know, I, I, for Dale, I thought that was a pretty good apology, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that they didn't just instantly resolve it, that she, you know, again, yeah. she said, well, I'm trying to, and that's kind of bitch face, but it is in now fitting with her character. I think so, yeah. Um, she doesn't really forgive very easily, apparently, especially on major things like that, you know? Right. So, I can see. But, yeah, I'm with you. I thought Dale's apology was... It felt very authentic, and it felt like the writers were... Well-spoken. Doing well there. Um, Next scene, Glenn uh, forces the farmer's daughter to point to people on the fridge who've died. Um, 
I don't know why that helped her, honestly. I don't either. It's he's like, show me like... that. Look at the faces of the people who've died. And all he said is like, you know, show me. And she like leapt up. Like she'd been waiting uh, all week for someone to invite her. Oh, goody. I get to point to the dead ones. I also thought it was pretty funny because okay. it made, it reminded me of like, you know, a little kid going through uh, molestation therapy. Oh, God. Show, show, me. Us, yeah. show us on a refrigerator who molested you. <laughs> oh, I would boy. Did, and my stepmom and my... Yeah. That's horrible. Anyway, so this scene, regardless of how weird it was, was meant to connect these characters even more. Uh-huh. And I'm interested to see where that goes in the show. Um, next scene is Horschel, Herschel, not Horschel. Horschel. Uh, reporting the all good on Carl, basically, and then they have to go tell Patricia, who's his wife, uh, about Otis. And this is where Shane feels guilty about everything, and this is the right before the twist. Not too shabby for an animal doc, huh? Yeah, yeah, Lori. Shut your bitch mouth. Yeah. God. It'd be funny if you come out there and then, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like the high road. I like that he's taking the high road there. Yeah. I do. Herschel doesn't feel like a guy who... There's some... I, I, Herschel's got some secrets, though. Mm. Nobody can give an AIDS speech where he basically says the AIDS was God's cleansing fire on the planet the <laughs> episode before and not be batshit crazy in yeah. some other department. Well, he's also weak because he needs Rick to come help him tell Patricia what happened about Otis. Well, you know? I didn't see that as weakness. I thought... I, I kind of thought he wanted them to take responsibility. Like, hey, we manned up and helped out one of your own, oh. and we got, we suffered loss from it, so, you know, hmm. you guys can't just be out here uh, shucking and jiving and having a good time while I go and, you know, and, and, and experience the loss, so. Yeah, and and in the end, the only people who lost anything were the farmers, the, the farmhouse people. Yep. So, because Carl's apparently perfect, A-OK. Right. No problems. Yeah. Uh, just like everyone else in this series. Um, yeah, T, he'll probably be out running chasing deer next episode. Like probably. T-Dog, you know, cut, severed an artery and lost five gallons of blood. <laughs> and then was up, you know, bullshitting with Dale the next yeah. scene. And Rick actually didn't look too bad for a guy who may ha- or may not have gone into cardiac arrest in a coma. Right. And he wasn't looking too shabby. Right. Just a little orange juice. He needs some orange juice and cookies. But uh, Shane's going to be looking pretty shabby next episode because he's about to put on Otis's old clothes. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I want to see what Shane looks like in a size 50 shirt. <laughs> or it's like going to be ridiculous. There's like something out of Pulp Fiction where he's wearing a University of Santa Cruz yeah. Slugs t-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, of course, they really, really want to make Shane know he's an asshole here. Because, like, everybody, the, the show is rubbing it in his face. Like, she gives him the clothes and says, hey, these are Otis's. Yeah, I didn't have to tell you that, but I'm going to. Which seemed over, since she didn't know that uh, Shane killed Otis, that that mm-hmm. seemed kind of over the top. Like, that was kind of a, sort of like Carol, like, exactly. oh, God, I hope my sister doesn't, or I hope my daughter doesn't turn into a zombie like your stupid sister. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, did I say that? Uh, that was a little much, I thought. Sure, I'll give you that. Uh, so then we get to the twist, the final scene where... Shane is shaving his head, and he's reliving the escape. And it's, it seems like he shaved his head just so he wouldn't have to answer questions about the tuft of hair that got ripped out of his head. Either that, well, I was going to ask you, why does he shave his head here? Do you think it's because of that, or do you think it's because he realizes, hey, I can get in trouble if I have hair and people are grabbing it? 
Uh, no, I think it was the hide the fact that he had hair missing from his body, and then they would even be like, "Did you get bit by a zombie?" Or did you know? Mm-hmm. They they would say, "What the hell? Did you get in a scuffle?" Yeah. So I think he did that. I mean, because why else would he potentially draw more attention to his earlobes? <laughs> oh, unless I didn't he, even think about unless that. Unless he had to. They're going to be enormous. I mean, now that the, the hair ratio is out of whack. The hair to lobe ratio. Did you did you like the in backlighting? I loved the lobes. it. Lobes they were like glowing like uh, in uh, cosmic bowling, man. They were <laughs> like two yeah. neon disco. Boom, boom. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I like that a lot. I, I do have a couple of other questions about this scene because this is kind of the piece of the episode that the internet lashed onto and, and is starting to pick apart. Okay. So why? Uh, a, why do you think Shane shot Otis? That's a good question, because I don't understand either. I mean, I understand... I think he shot Otis because... I don't know. He, I think he thought... Just go with your Only gut. one of them could get out. Okay. And Shane decided he had the best chance, or, fuck Otis, I'm gonna get out. Now, why did uh, he shoot Otis in the head? Well, that, to me, is very easily explained, because... Uh, the zombies wouldn't go after a dead body. I don't believe that. Like, I, I do believe that. I, I think you throw a zombie. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think you throw... Because here's the deal. They showed the soldier in the woods hung up by his neck. Mm-hmm. Zombies won't eat other zombies. Sure. They showed that. Yeah. His legs were gnawed off. Mm-hmm. So apparently while he was swinging dead, <laughs> zombies stripped off the flesh. I think that a freshly killed, you know, bleeding out hot blood on the ground... A human would make just like the zombies swarmed right. all over that dead horse corpse. I mean, it was a, it was no, a, that wasn't a corpse. It was alive to begin with. Yeah, but, yeah. But they, by the time they were, you know, Rick had gone in the tank. It was long dead. And they were eating. They were still completely yeah, swarming it. over it. Sure. So I think that it's the fresh meat, not that it's still. It's not like they stop eating a person after they're de- after they die. So do you think it's just asshole Shane being an asshole? Like I'm going to shoot you well, and leave you wriggling the thing here? Is, I don't. The thing is, I gotta keep in mind that Shane doesn't know all the rules about zombies. I do. That's true. So he could have assumed because he didn't see the soldier in the woods. He didn't see the horse experience. He doesn't uh-huh. know anything. You know, Shane's kind of a dumbass. Um, maybe he thought that it had to be alive. Okay, that's but a valid even point. that. That is, you know, Shane is going to be impossible for me to feel sympathy for. Yeah, like, he is a, an attempted rapist. Um, he didn't, I don't think had necessarily the best motives for, um, uh, you know, letting, abandoning Rick to die. I or mean, raping Lori. Or <laughs> no, raping not, Lori. Not very or, good motives Or there. basically, you know, uh, starting to have sex with your, be- your best friend's wife before his corpse is even cooled in the ground. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, I mean, I think this dude has got this, like, selfish, it's all about me core, and the mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse is sandblasting the nice... Part of Shane away and revealing that along with his hair, along with his hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think down to his evil lobes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like you said, uh, Shane is at his core a very selfish guy, and I don't see his transformation here being necessarily to an evil guy, just to a way more pragmatic and self-centered guy. Like, I'm going to keep everyone alive as long as it doesn't cost me personally. Uh, and I think he's going to be more effective at making intelligent decisions now. I think they're kind of 
turning him into a survival machine, similar to Daryl. Except maybe without Daryl's uh, nice guy. I don't his, know, his man. Conscience. I can't. I can't excuse what he did to Otis as pure survival instinct. Not, right? not purely. No, because, it was partially selfish. Like I said. Yeah, I mean, you could argue Otis would have the better chance, and Otis had already saved his fucking bacon once. Yeah. So I don't really. I don't know. Uh, I like where they're going with this because I almost see that he's going to be. You know, because I think he was closer to pulling the trigger on uh, Rick from, like, episode yeah. four than... Because basically, Dale came up and, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I think Dale caught him in the act of uh, killing Rick, right. honestly. Um, and maybe he'd regret it later in this thing, but, like, I like the fact that this... I don't want to see him being nice guy anymore, and I kind of yeah. want to see him as becoming this rogue, unstable element in the group. He might be. And we kind of all thought that was what Daryl was going to be at first, right? Yeah. Which is interesting that he's now turning into the nice guy that Shane wanted to be, whereas Shane is now turning into... He's the fucking guardian down. angel of this group. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the thing keeping them alive, I'm sure. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the episode. Um, I wanted to, real quick, go over the kill of the week. I think the kill of the week this week goes to the zombies when they tore Otis apart. I think that was freaking awesome. Man, did they? was that his cheek they bit off? I don't like, know, his like, nipples or something? Yes, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, that could have been any part. The, the guy's pretty big. It could have been anything. <laughs> his ass cheek. Yep. So, that's the kill of the week. He's got enough to feed the needy. Do you have anything else on the recap, or should we go to listener feedback? Um, I was going to... I was going through my other thought section, but no, I think that's, that does about it. Okay, great. Let's do listener feedback then. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Danny from London who sent us an awesome short film that tells a surprisingly sad and melancholy story with a zombie as the protagonist. Oh, And I don't mean that in the sense of it's the hero. I just mean that the point mm-hmm. of view is from the zombie. Yeah. Uh, it's really like if you, if you like the Dead Alive trailer, I think this is way better than the Dead Alive trailer. You know, the one with the little girl? No. I never saw the trailer for that. Oh, okay. Well, it was kind of an internet sensation. I don't see how you slept uh, through that being a zombie to- fan. Totally slept through it. Whatevs. I haven't um, actually watched this video either. I have it pulled up here on my screen. If you want it starts to, with an I. If you want to see it, um, I put it on our Facebook fan site at facebook.com slash baldmove. So there's an incentive to like us. Yeah. Um, Daniel WB, a resident professional podcast critic. I don't know why you say WB so weird. <laughs> WB. I'm trying to come. Is up it because of the we have the channel the WB? No. Shut up. Let me do the feedback. <laughs> all right. <laughs> your observation uh, and all these are for the previous 402. Okay. Until I say otherwise, your observation <laughs> the viewing audience is polarized into two camps is apt. The discerning viewer is looking for sharp dialogue, while the apocalypse crowd simply craves the kill of the week competition. Uh, he thinks the show is revived by the influx of new characters and shorter running time. Yes, the mm-hmm. hour and a half spaced out with 30 minutes commercials was dreadful. Although they, they did they did that well in the series premiere, I thought. Well, but because it was designed with that in mind. Yeah, but yeah, that, good that, point. That, that, that was an abomination, in my opinion. <laughs> he wonders, while the schizo characters, Shane and Lori, are all over the place, the comic uh, tends to keep characters black and white. Uh, by the way, we're not going to go into comic spoilers, but he's mm-hmm. just giving a comparison here. The comic tends to keep the characters in black and white. That's because it's a black and white comic. Oh, good one. Oh, zinger. Uh, while the show suffers from multiple writers, directors, and a diverging vision. Last season, Daryl's a redneck, but after a drive through the woods, he's a sensitive Zen master. 
Why does Lori <laughs> jump so ugly on poor Herschel, who's just trying to help? She should be directing her venom at Otis. Uh, Otis wasn't there, mm-hmm. so I think Lori has has kind of maybe an anger control issue. <laughs> Probably. Uh, she seems to be the one to pop off at just anybody. Yeah. Um, he goes, also, where is all the crackpot dialogue coming from? T-Dog's redneck speech seemed to be like it was meant to be a funny plan. The black man always drawing the shortest straw in disaster movies, but when treated seriously, it felt uncomfortable. Then Herschel goes off uh, on his head in the sand cleansing speech. I think that T-Dog speech was supposed to be uncomfortable. Yes, I actually enjoyed it for that reason. Yeah. And, and I was with Daniel there. I thought they were trying to play it for, you know, shit, I'm the I'm token black dude. Of course I'm going to die. Yeah. But then when they get all got all racial and, you know, kind of cultural up in there, uh, I liked it. Uh, I, too, did not like Herschel's speech about, oh, going to cleanse himself. I just thought it was... <laughs> Oddly articulated, and the examples he gave were borderline offensive. <laughs> okay. Total Pat Robertson. Sure. Um, Rick K says, uh, personal plea, please don't hedge your criticism of The Walking Dead because of negative feedback from the fanboys. <laughs> oh, don't you worry, Rick. We are going to keep spitting the truth. Yeah. Uh, whether you really were half drunk or not. Point of fact, I was. That's I did not want to do the episode. I'm like, this episode is shit. I don't like it. <laughs> and Jim's like, well, what if we pour a bunch of your favorite beer and you can drink it? Why? And I'm like, okay, you bribed me. So yeah, I was aggressively lit as the episode went on. Uh, your episode one podcast was so cathartic for me because you voiced a lot of the same criticism of The Walking Dead that I have. But so many people either just seem to gloss over or not uh, pick up on. You seem to back off that stance in the second podcast. In our defense, I think it's because we, number one, got over our preconceptions on episode one. And number two, it was a much better show. It was much, even if it much just, better. Even if it wasn't 90 minutes or 30 minutes of commercial, even if it was just the omission of all that bullcrap, mm-hmm. it was better. Yeah. But I thought it was tighter and the directions they're taking the characters in were things I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Also, I got to say this. Um... I really think that they should find whatever way possible to split up the group. Because then you can have the quiet moments and the tent zombie stuff with the other group. And it just Mm -hmm. seems like it flows so much better. That's what's worked so well in these last two episodes. Because the other thing is when they're all like a group of 12 or 15, all the other guys just basically have to go along Mm -hmm. or do something stupid to get noticed. Where if you break it into groups of two and three, everyone gets a kind of moment to shine. I think if they're going to do scenes where all of them are together, it needs to be an outnumbering amount of zombies. Right. You know, like where they're just fearing for their lives. Um, There is a much more interesting podcast in here in discussing why the show fails on so many levels than in saying, oh man, the zombie blowed up real good. Agreed. There are a dozen other podcasts out there that already have that angle covered. Um, Like I said, we're trying to uh be honest on our coverage and not cut the mm-hmm. show any slack but again my personal opinion is that uh episode two and three are just better yeah now three is the best so far in my opinion um of this season right? okay um so and again it might have been uh i that same afternoon i watched episodes one two and three of the first season mm-hmm. and thought it's like wow these were better than i remembered Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I liked the pilot a lot, but I thought this ep- episode two and three were much better than I remembered. So I, I kind of had some enthusiasm going into this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He also suggested that uh, if we do uh, that, we cover Boardwalk Empire. 
Interesting. I like Steve Buscemi. I saw that for the first time last night. Is he I dead was yet? Staying at a hotel and they had HBO and they happened to be on, so I watched the better half of half of episode and I really, really liked it. So you watched half of a half of an episode? The better half. Yeah, I watched <laughs> the better half of an episode. And it was fantastic. Because you could have said that I about season one. You could have said that about episode one of season two of Walking Dead. Yeah, I watched half of a half of it. It was good. No, I didn't even like, <laughs> like I said, I didn't even really like the particular highway thing. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll check out Boardwalk Empire. So, like uh, I said, we did not decide to start blowing sunshine shine up the show's asses. Yes, there are yeah. still a lot of problems. It's not as good as Breaking Bad. But I'm willing to cut the show some slack to see where they go. Now, if they reverse yeah. themselves... And they undo a lot of this stuff. And Shane has all his hair next episode. <laughs> that will be a deal breaker. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Otis is back. Forget about it. Right. Um, Marshall Lands from the uh, uh, our, our website uh, comments said, speaking of fanboys, it'd be funny if the group came across a typical zombie fanboy type who either dies in some lame way despite all the overtop preparations <laughs> or got rescued by one of the lame characters in the group, which is about half of them. Nice. Yeah, I would I would love to see they stumble across a guy who's got like stockpiles of food and weapons and he just gets eaten immediately. <laughs> Does something stupid that all the fanboys think you should do in a zombie apocalypse, up oh, instant death. Yeah, it funny. would be it would be funny if you just came across like a bunker of this well prepared bunker and they get blast some way inside of it and the people inside are already zombies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't think we'll see that uh, scenario because of Kirkman saying that in this universe there are no zombie films. So people yeah. being prepared, zombie preparedness. Um, Doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, Scott T says, uh, one thing I see different is the whole Shane and Lori arc. Uh, Shane is completely wasted when he tried to take advantage of Lori at the CDC. I agree that there should be more of a rift between the two, but then I can also see Lori semi-forgiving him because he was drunk. It seems like she has, but I don't. Mm. I mean, I don't care how drunk. I've never been drunk enough to rape somebody. Yeah, me either. And, you know, I find that that's, I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) So. (laughs) Good idea. If you think you might get drunk enough to rape someone, don't fucking drink. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Wear a chastity belt. Give your friends the key. Uh, It's not an excuse or a reason. Oh, I was drunk. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, he continues. Also, Daryl does say that the bike is his brother's. He says something yeah. about showing some respect and not putting towels on his brother's bike. Uh, previous up, uh, season. True. We totally overlooked that, yeah. Uh, he says, I also can see Merle being a leader of a marauding biker gang that shows up later. That would be crazy. Awesome. I think, yes. All the Dawn of the Dead, the original. I where, totally uh, think he's going to show up in exactly that fashion. Savini comes riding in with the, the chopper. Yeah, he's going to... his gang. He's going to... I mean, he, well, he's got the van, he has to right? Come, and he has to come back. We know he has the van. Right. I think he's going to paint an SS on that van and drive it through our guy's farmhouse. <laughs> I really think so. He's coming back, full force. Uh, moving on to the episode 203 feedback. Uh, Hannah says, Rick's childhood story is one of my favorite scenes of the season. I think it drove... Oh, I already read this part. Yeah. Uh, he also said Rick's nostalgia and continued faith in Shane was she, pretty... He called she a he... Well, called Hannah a he. Maybe it's a boy named Hannah. <laughs> boy named Hannah. Okay. Just like a boy named Sue. Yep. Um, Rick's nostalgia and continued faith in Shane was pretty heartbreaking given how everything played out in episodes in. True. 
She also thinks Otis' murder seemed fairly premeditated, so I wonder if Shane agreed mm. to take him along, knowing chunky human bait might come in handy if escape seemed doubtful. Wow, mm. that puts a whole another level of asshole to that whole scenario. Yeah, that's pretty rude, Shane. <laughs> uh, either way, it was a really interesting development, and I'm looking forward to see where they go from here. Um, Me too. Michael M., lukewarm on the show, maybe even pessimist. He said, the show seemed to be another placeholder for me. I was disappointed. Save for the hanging guy, it seemed to miss on all cylinders. Whoa. Too much aimless meandering at the high school. Um, wow, I, man. They did cut back to it like four times. Yeah. So like, I see where he's coming from there. It was, it was a little, just barely too much at the high school. I think you're right. Well, they could have eliminated one of those set pieces. Which one, though? Because because uh, I could see them actually then, including more. Like, what happened with the gate? You actually, know? all they had to do, all they had to do is eliminate the thing in the bleachers. They could have had yeah. them shown running out of the one to exit into the parking lot, or you know, at, at a T junction at a at a at one of the hallways. Say, mm-hmm. let's split up, and you can all you, you know, you cover me, and I'll cover you, and we'll meet back up, and then Shane could have sprained his ankle. I don't know, but it did. Maybe. I agree. It yeah. seemed like there's too much. Just a little bit too much. A little much, bit too though. much. A little yeah. bit too much. Um, said, uh, I also didn't like the philosophy and weakness of Lori, and I think Rick's attempt to encourage her was half-hearted. Uh, Carl getting better or worse than better seemed a little more manipulative than necessary. Same with Shane, honestly. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? I think he's a bad guy now. Uh, is his personality so affected by the terror within the apocalypse as becoming transformed as events gets worse? It makes him an interesting wild card, but please don't try to convince me he's a decent guy anymore. Amen. Yeah, do not try to flip this on if, us. If the writers come back and try to give him another heart of fucking gold, I'm going to melt this microphone. <laughs> All right? That's my pledge to you. With his heat Michael. breath. Yeah. <sighs> um, Dale can't qual- qualify terms when giving the gun back. He is rapidly sinking from his wise sage status to a meddling bit player who no longer does anything important <laughs> within the storyline. Amen Honestly, again. I don't think he was ever wise. Just because he told some fucking story about a t- stopwatch or, t- or yeah. a person's watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I never liked that character. I can see his fucking I, smarmy, smiling face <laughs> reminiscing about a fire as the zombies <laughs> were about to eat them all, and I just don't like him. I liked him at the beginning when he said less. <laughs> now, now that Or when he acted less, I guess. Because now that he's out there doing things, he just seems to be a character I don't like. I like this next thing he says. Do you guys ever wonder who may come back as a walker? Maybe Jim, Merle, or now Otis and Sophia? Or do they only need to do this once to satisfy the curiosity like they did with Amy? I think bring them all back in a group. I actually said this, <laughs> did I not? That I think Lori is going to come back as a zombie, and that's yeah. why they cast her so fucking skinny. Yeah, because she's exceptionally skinny. And when I've seen all the makeup, they always say that they try to find gaunt people mm-hmm. because they are able to attach the appliances in a more realistic... They can kind of yeah. build up and not look like their face is puffy. Yeah. I could totally see her with zombie makeup on. For sure. I, I think that might be why they cast is, her. She is a bone, man. She like, is unhealthily real Unhealthily skinny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a zombie apocalypse after all, but Jesus. Yeah, uh, I wonder why Otis is not so thin. Maybe uh, he's maybe he's lost about 100 pounds He already. shoots like three deers a day. Now yeah. that you don't need a permit. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's out just, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fourth time, he's accidentally shot through one and killed a kid. Or hit a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Every other week, they bring another kid back to the farm. 
Um, so, what do you think of the other possibility? I don't think we'll see Jim again. They're 100 miles away at this point. Yeah, they're pretty far away. Um, I, don't I don't know. Think Mer- I don't think Merle's coming back as a zombie. I think he's coming back as a flesh and blood ass kicker. Who were the other ones? Sophia. I that would Sophia, th- I though I tell you what, to. zombie children are yeah. fucking creepy, and seeing her as a zombie would be. And crazy. maybe that that little uh, what was it? The car seat that they showed that was all bloody was a little like hint of foreshadowing there. Mm. Like, oh, there's going to be a kid coming up. I wonder who it is. Because it's it was disturbing. The only zombie child we've seen is in the pilot. And that was really yeah. disturbing. That was oh, my, yeah. that was their serving notice of yes, we're going to go there. And I think they should go there again with mm. Sophia. I don't like it, zombie kids. I like it. It's Tom creepy. G says, "Did he do Tom Green? Tom Green, yes. <laughs> okay, he's a big fan. It's our biggest star. The biggest star we have listening. That's pretty sad. <laughs> That's pretty freaking sad." Um, did he do what he did because he thought it was Carl's best chance or because he knew he could only make it if Otis didn't? There's an old joke saying when you're being chased by the bear, you don't have to be the fa- faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the one, the other person that the bear is chasing. Obviously, obviously this was a bit of both. Someone had to get the stuff to Carl. And if you're Shane, you got to be thinking better Shane than Otis. Yeah, I guess. I mean, no one knows what you're really going to do in the heat of the moment. I like to fancy mm-hmm. myself as an altruistic guy who, you know, would evaluate who's got the best chance and, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Uh, yeah. He might, I the think. other thing is, I, I haven't heard anyone, maybe Shane thought, look, this fucker is the reason Carl got shot in the first place because he mm-hmm. didn't pay attention. So I'd rather him die than me. If anyone's going to die here, it should be Otis. But this is kind of like him a paying life for a life. Mm-hmm. So I still don't think Shane can come back and be a good guy, but that might have no. been another piece of uh, mental arithmetic he is making. Sure. Uh, Daniel WB uh, double dips uh, with a second response of 403 says, I think you're exaggerating Maggie's good looks, which I would characterize as zombie apocalypse hot. <laughs> Good point, Daniel. Uh, it's not right. like there's a lot of eye candy in this uh, this this uh, trail uh, show, other than Shane's you know gratuitous uh, body shots that Felicia Day just couldn't get over. Oh yeah, she was all about that. Um, I, I this reminds me of Bill Simmons. He's one of my favorite authors. Uh, he's a sports writer. Uh, he also loves The Walking Dead. He talked uh, about it on today's podcast. Um, hmm. He's got several levels of hot, like people that you know in certain situations are hotter than they seem. Yeah. He, his complete canonical list is uh, press box hot, CD strip joint hot, female blackjack dealer hot, women's professional <laughs> oh. athlete hot, which Danica Patrick <laughs> is a shining example, uh. Amad- American gladiators hot, <laughs> oh, no. 80s movie girl hot, cleaning lady hot, <laughs> nanny hot, <laughs> sports bar oh. waitress hot, uh, girl at a wedding hot, female musician hot. Which I have to say, the only reason I own CDs by Jewel, Fiona Apple, and Liz Fair is because of that rule. Really? And also wow. Liz Fair's a dirty, dirty girl, and I like her. Uh, and my personal favorite, 80s female pro wrestling hot. Oh. oh. <laughs> the glorious ladies of wrestling. Nah, not that glorious. Uh, and we, I, I will add nerd convention hot. Yeah. Like, Although, if you're at PAX or Gen Con and you see, like, a, a Vegas 4 or 5, you're like, mm-hmm. damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the traditional one, right? The Vegas hot versus wherever you are right. hot, <laughs> wherever Vegas is not hot. Indiana hot, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like a Vegas five or an Indiana eight is like a Vegas five. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so okay, valid point. 
So he thinks also there's way too much fuss about the gray moral area that Shane inhabits. He's clearly a douchebag. He must have had at least a high ankle sprain from the dramatic two-plus story drop, so he didn't necessarily represent a speedier escape option with that limp. Uh, he also, this is a good point, the crazy, and this will be in the survival review, uh, the crazy waste of resources that's on display at the farm defies logic. Running the hot shower minutes before you get in. Also, where's the security? <laughs> Kicking back on a porch with the lights on while zombies roam the woods? Um, even uh, with the fencing, yeah, it is a little... Well, I was curious how they still had orange juice. Or electricity, apparently. Yeah, yeah, they have I mean, electricity. How? Uh, that's what I'm saying, that's, how? So they have, they I, might have a generator, but newsflash, that shit runs off of, you know, gasoline. gasoline yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's what the, the group was doing at the beginning of the series, was running a generator to power everything, including their iron. Right. Like, talk about no, ironing clothes in the zombie apocalypse. That what was the retarded. Fuck? Yeah. But then again, she's getting beat by her husband, so who knows? Uh, yeah, he was probably the jackass I, telling I her to word, which we're going to get to here in a minute. We will. Why don't we go ahead? It's going to be a tough one to get. Uh, he says, um, he says, if you can't find a little girl during the day, why on earth would you attempt to search in the dark to get away from her psycho bitch mom? I think that's the only <laughs> yeah. reason they did that. Uh, Carol is useless. If anyone should be walking the woods at night, it should be her. Agreed. Yep. I think that's what Daryl should have suggested. Why don't you get out? Here's my here's my crossbow. No, shouldn't give up the crossbow. Uh, here's yeah. a machete. You go wander the woods. Here's the pocket knife I was going to give Andrea. He said, Daniel was one of the ones last week said he would stick around and search. He goes, but after seeing Carol's ineptness, I'd make a crude sign and hightail it to the farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good call. So, um, let's see. So let's talk about the retard issue. Okay. Uh, Bradley P., which I guess is the guy who gave the one-star review on iTunes. Um, Shame on my you. My use of it. Nah, whatever. You got us a one-star. Uh, while I agree with you that going to PC route over everything isn't doesn't really get us anywhere, I think a different word can be used. He says, while I'm far from PC myself, I think my issues with this come from my personally being someone who's gay, but far from being stereotypically gay. I hate hearing people throw around terms like homo, fag, etc., when they may be referring to someone who's gay. It's still not something that brings me down. Just please substitute fucking idiot, fucking dull, asshat, or stupid instead of using the word retarded in the future. Well, here's my thing. I don't think it's an apples-to-apples comparison. And I'm going to try to cut down because I don't want to be offensive needlessly. But I've been thinking about this a lot. And if you look at the word idiot, it it is a synonym for retarded. So it's (laughs) Uh like if I walk into a gay bar and I say, wow, this place looks pretty gay... No one would say, what the fuck, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. Now, if I was thinking that my friend was doing something stupid and I said, stop acting gay, I'm taking the word gay and using it as an insult full stop. Mm-hmm. But if I'm describing something, like if I'm at a gay pride, gay pride parade and I say, wow, that float's pretty gay, that's or that's the gayest float I've seen all day, that's not really a misuse <laughs> of the word. So if something sure, looks... Sure fucking stupid and you say it's retarded uh-huh. i don't understand um because like you know going back to our friend if i i would be a dick if i called him to his face or even behind his back if i referred to him as an idiot or a retard or an imbecile or a moron i would still be an asshole which whichever label i use why is retarded which is a perfectly valid word to use for something you know, retarded or mentally deficient, why is that the, the, the bigger insult? I just don't, I don't get it. I can I, try to stop using it. 
Yeah, I mean, so far gonna, I haven't done a very good job. But. I'm going to mostly sit this one out. I the retard is not a word that I typically use anyway, so I'm not too worried about slipping Liar. up and saying it. You say it all the time. I do all the time. Uh, so I'm I'm just going to sit this. You you said it on the air. I'm going to let you take all the heat. Well, this is the last I'm talking about on the cast. I am going to try to stop using it. Um, but just like I, I can't do everything because like one woman asked me to stop saying Skylar's fat. Yeah. Breaking Bad. I'm like, I'm if sorry. If she's fat, she's fat. I'm sorry she is, and it's funny. We called Otis fat all the time. We called Otis fat. I make fun of Shane's earlobes. Um, I posted my <laughs> face, so it's like, you can say that mm-hmm. I, you can make fun of my uh, receding hairline. And we made fun of uh, Aaron Paul's jawline. Yeah. And uh, meat-eating man. If you look, and, and uh, Lori being Skeletor, if you yeah. look funny, we're going to call you out on it, because... It's funny to do that, but I don't want to sure. be offensive just for the sake of it. So I will try, as a personal favor to you, Bradley, I will try to curb my use of the word retard. Great. I think that's all the feedback. Should I initiate the outro sequence? Yeah, let's do an outro. Uh, before we go into full outro mode, I do want to say uh, thank you to all the people who have left us reviews on iTunes so far. And we're going to try to make an iTunes push here. Uh, like we did with Breaking Good. That got us into like the new and noteworthy section, with, which really helped uh, get the word out about the podcast. Yeah, so the way it works is if, you, if, if we get lots of reviews mm-hmm. um, and subscriptions, it's also part of the algorithm. So if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes and you have iTunes, um, we don't even care if you listen, but just subscribe to us. <laughs> it helps us rise up in the ranks of new, notable, and noteworthy casts, and that gets us more attention. And the whole reason we're doing this is for people to hear it. Yeah, obviously. And get more feedback and all that kind of stuff. So if you sure. if you like what we're doing, that's a great way to support us. Yeah, so I want to try to... Goal? I want to set a goal. We've got 34, as I looked just a few minutes ago. Um, I want to try to get to 60. Oh, that's yeah. too high. Well, see, last time on our last podcast, I, I tried to do it in like 20... Uh, increments of 20, and they blew us away. Our fans were just too on it. Yeah, but studies show if you set too high a goal, and it's, it's psychologically damaging to set a high goal and miss it. It's better to actually set an easy, attainable goal and smash it. 35 is the goal for this week. <laughs> Let's crush that one review goal. <laughs> well, that's, that's my, that might be a little low. You can do it. I know there's one of you out there. Alright, uh, 60. So, that, so that's the goal. I'm good for at least 10 sock puppets. Great. I can make up the difference. So but, why don't you do our, our official feedback? Uh, you can find everything that we do on baldmove.com. Please send us email. Uh, we will read it at watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can find us, again, we're consolidating all our social feed, uh, media to our baldmove fan sites at facebook.com slash baldmove and Twitter at baldmove. I'm not maintaining the Watching Dead um, going forward. So yeah. it's just getting too much and there's too many sources of feedback. But we, um, we try not to spam on our main accounts. So. No, no. I mean, you'll be lucky to get two things from me on the Sunday of Walking Dead. Yeah, um, and, and then a couple throughout the week. Yeah, so um, please support us by leaving five-star reviews on iTunes and subscribing, as Jim said. And also, you can help us keep our lights on, our disc spinning, and mm. our bit, bits flowing yeah. by using our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com. How that works is it costs you nothing. You get the same pricing, same great shipping options, the same great item selection, but everything that you purchase, a tiny percentage goes to us. Yeah. So if you want to send, you know, buy someone the Walking Dead gift set, yeah. you know, DVDs or Blu-rays for Christmas, uh, if you're wanting to get the zombie uh, nativity calendar or... 
zombie okay. oven mitts. Sure. Or uh, uh, that fu- the the Australian soap conditioner, the kangaroo stuff. What? Whatever you buy on Amazon, use Amazon.baldmove.com. Yeah. It does help uh, greatly defer the bandwidth, which is expensive. Yeah, surprisingly. Thousands and thousands of 40 meg <laughs> podcasts cost a lot of money to transfer. It turns so. out, yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, we've got a little bit of spoilers to talk about after the music. And okay. That's it, man. Until next time. All <laughs> right. I'm waiting for you to go. All right, well, I'll go then. Dance, monkey. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. with the spoilerific section. Uh, what do we have to talk about this time? Well, I want to... We need to start playing the uh, next time on. Uh, next week we'll start doing... I don't have it queued up yet. You know, like we did okay, yeah. good. Sure. Um, but what the fuck is down in that well? Down in that well? You don't remember the scene or lowering Glenn down to a fat white oh, gelatinous... that thing is... Ma- that's Sophia. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's just... falling out of well like kids do. Uh-huh. And, and she's just zombified. Yeah, that is it's horrific. It's horrific and not particularly well done looking. I didn't think. I mean, they went over the top for sure, right? It they looks, wanted it to look bloated and water. You think it's an homage to the well zombie from um, uh, what's the 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 third movie with Billy or Bill Campbell in it? Shit, uh, Army of man. Darkness. Army of Darkness. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, do you think it's like an homage? Because it looks kind of like that zombie that's down there. Does it really? It I might be so. then. I don't, I don't remember what that zombie looked like. Oh. So. Uh, but I, why are they lowering him to it? I don't know. Is that... Are they... Because in the comic book, this family keeps a creepy menagerie of zombies in their barn. In their barn, yeah. My first thought was, is that their brother? That they're actually keeping him down in the Ooh. well or something? I'm sticking with Sophia. Um, I think it's going to be her. The other thing that I thought was they also showed Daryl coming up onto an old dilapidated barn and with a horrific yeah. look on his face. So maybe next week we get to see. I hope so, because that's going to be real creepy. Yeah. If they do it right. If they do it right. That'll uh, take the show to a whole another level. The other thing that we know is likely to happen on this farm due to what they did in this episode is get Glenn and Maggie together. Mm-hmm. Because I know they hook up in uh, the comic. Right, so, definitely, although it would be just like the show to zig on that, because they seem to kind of do that. Yeah, um, but they're really building that up, I think. They're they're trying to connect them. But like when I said one of the frightening scenes of the series was when uh, Rick was going down the dark staircase. In the comic, he actually gets jumped by a zombie. Uh-huh. Where, and so that made it super tense, but in the yeah. series, he doesn't. So it's like I... And the same thing with... Uh, Shane in, in the comic, he actually tries to shoot Rick, and then Glenn has to kill, or no, uh, Carl. Carl has to kill him. Yeah. So they zigged on that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, although they might come around to have that happen now. They might. They've kind of it's made possible. that open. Um, I have not actually read past the farm sequence, so I wasn't, yeah, didn't uh, even remember that Glenn and Maggie hooked up. 
Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested to see some later stuff that happens. But yeah, so Glenn and Maggie are doing it. And a zombie apocalypse, do you wear a condom? <laughs> or you just bareback it and say, what well, fuck it? Um, it depends on your situation, I think. <laughs> if you're if you're holed up in somewhere and you know you're going to have to move, like, within the next year... Oh, so you're thinking from a strictly, strictly reproductive standpoint. Yeah, yeah. You've got to repopulate the human race, though, don't you? Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. But if, if you think eight months from now, we're going to have to all lift up and go. That might not be a smart move. You might want to wait a little while. What do you think about the fact that they have still not addressed what Jenner said to Rick at the CDZ? Um, at this point, it's I'm okay. Con- if they don't next episode, I'm going to start to be like, eh. Uh. I- I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that that, that that she has to be pregnant. That's how it yeah. goes in the comic, right? I don't remember, honestly. I thought that she is pregnant in the comic. She might be. I don't remember. So. Uh, but yeah, they need to deal with that because I'm losing interest in it. Honestly, with the stuff that's been happening, I don't care so much what he'd said. Well, I'll go so further than that is like, despite the profuse praise, I guess, that we've leaped, that, that we've heaped on the show, I really only care about Rick, mm-hmm. uh, Daryl, uh, Maggie, because <laughs> she's hot, uh, Glenn, <laughs> and to a much lesser extent, Andrea. And only if she mm-hmm. doesn't, and only if she gets her shit together in the next episode or two. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really finding her annoying, but I like the potential for her to be a very tough kind of action girl. And I can see that actress pulling it off, too. Yes. She looks like she could really get gritty. Right. Although, she's the ugliest pretty person I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, she's... (laughs) No, I mean, like, she's obviously good-looking, and I've seen pictures of her, like, out of the series where she's Mm good-looking, but, like, when she is portraying grief... Ugly. Uh, when she smiles, ugly. When she is angry, super scary ugly. <laughs> this poor woman. Okay, all right. So, there, I got that's yeah, off. That's <laughs> off your chest. Are we ready to call this thing to a close? Is, is, is light, nice and loosey-goosey. I don't outline it. We just yeah. kind of talk. We don't have an outro. We just cut the show off. All right. We're just, like, completely casual. Yeah, this is uh, what it's really we, like. We bear back the spoiler section. Oh, God. As it feel, listeners? It's sloppy. Yep, for, oh, their, God. for their pleasure. Okay, that's I it. Edit all this out. Yeah. All right, then that's it for the the show. Yes, it yeah. is. See you guys next week. Bye.